it's good okay uh i've made some notes there i'll have to look that up later um so you had a chance to review the notes yes yep cool i uh, got some great uh ready to go otherwise yeah i think so man incoming transmission the klingon word of the day is goo these are the voyages of the starship enterprise So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. Boldly go where no man has gone before. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. He's a man who can always find the time. And if he can't find the time, I'll find the time. And then when I can't find the time, he finds the time. <laughs> it's Mr. Gary Horn! Yay! It's been a long road. <laughs> To get from there to here. It has been a long road to get to this episode. Just this episode. Alone. You're right about that, man. We have had so many schedule hiccups. I think it was, we typically, for folks who are curious, we usually record on Monday nights and and uh, I had something happen or Gary had something happen. We couldn't do it. We rescheduled to the next night and then we couldn't do it again. And then it got pushed again. And then, and then I couldn't do it last night. So here we are on Friday. <laughs> recording finally and uh it's just it's so good to see you gary <laughs> it's so good to see you and that's the I, I think it's a it's a true testament as we go into the end of season one and the beginning of season two that uh we've demonstrated here how important it is to have faith of the heart <laughs> this this makes me feel good yeah faith to believe that we can do anything <laughs> That is so true. Strength of the soul. Nobody to bend or break you. Uh, you yeah, can reach I any can, star. I can reach any star, Gary. Any star. <laughs> Pick yeah. one. I'll reach it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. If, and we can cut this out if you need to. But uh, one of the things we had to delay the show for was you were getting a call from your boss. Like, is there anything you can clue into? Like, how did that conversation go, man? Oh, it went fine. It's just uh, so. Yeah, it's uh, Gary's, luckily Gary's boss is Billy Corrigan, by the way. <laughs> it's just uh, it, it was nothing that would excite this crowd too much. I don't think. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe the name Billy Corrigan, if anybody cares. But <laughs> other than that, he's uh, it was just about like I've got this idea. I think we should do this thing, and you know that sort of stuff. So very cool. So you have to keep the kayfabe up. Is that, is that the, am I using the term correctly? That's it. Kayfabe. Kayfabe, yeah. kayfabe right. up. Yeah. That's the, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't let the marks know what's happening really behind that's the right. scenes. I forget, I forget the audience is referred to as marks. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. It's a bit of a sweet con. Like you're, you're, it's, nobody's really getting, I mean, uh, the wrestlers get hurt from time to time, but in terms of like the exchange of like entertainment for, money or goods like nobody's really you know what you're getting into like but there's there's a storytelling level like we have to suspend our disbelief for star trek of like okay you know uh sam from quantum leap is on the enterprise but we're like okay it, it's it's jonathan archer he's he's jonathan archer and uh jolene blalock is actually a vulcan and yeah and well that that's absolutely true so like anybody anytime anybody ever tries to throw in the uh wrestling is fake thing that's mm. always like the go-to or, or forever was was just uh for me was just like well what's your favorite show like i don't know like <laughs> this is how long i've been doing this because i'm like well is it wings you know that's not a real airport <laughs> like it's uh you know er doesn't have real doctors although <laughs> this is all a show we're all just like suspending disbelief and trying to right. enjoy what's happening here so maybe wrestling's not for you but it's an escape for a lot of people and it's it's fun and it's uh and i've found the further even i get into it is just like a, 
a lot of these wrestlers are artists and and well educated and smart people like they're just they also have fun doing this and and right. i was gonna say like what's really funny even about the term marks just to not give the wrong impression i mean that comes back from like the carney days uh, again all this stuff is nothing that anybody would care about but i just wanted to set the record straight here marks was used to denote like this guy's a mark like we can fool him into playing these carnival games or like get some money out of them right. and wrestling was that way like they try to uh roddy piper told the story best so i'll just gosh if i'm taking up too much of this time you can cut it i know <laughs> i'm in a hundred percent when you said that i was just like i am locked in this is great go for it um uh, I'll, I'll i won't do it as much justice as hearing roddy piper tell the story but he was basically like he he was on an interview and he's like you know what you know what kayfabe he's like what wrestling is and they were like what and they were like probably goes back to the carnival days and he was like yeah so you live in a small town a show rolls in and it's the carnival and they set up prizes and games and blah 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 and then you go to this one event where it's like there's a wrestler and he says he can out wrestle anybody and uh, he's the toughest guy in town he even maybe sometimes will show up at a lo local pub and cause a scene or like piss people off and then people show up and they're like all right i'm gonna go pay to see this guy wrestle i want to see somebody beat his tail and so they go and watch it and everybody that comes in there he wrestles and he's like can we have a he's like we have a hold called a sugar hold and it's like we'll just like strap on a headlock and you just like keep them there and their eye their head turns red and their eyes feel like they're gonna pop out and he's like the wrestler finally gets one guy that the town sort of knows. And then he like pins him down. He's got him in the sugar hole, just like holding him tight, holding him tight. And then luckily he had been at the bar earlier. So he had been talking about how tough he was. Well, now who that little town knows that's the toughest guy in town. He finally, he's holding him there so long. The toughest guy in town stands up and says, that's it. Let him go. I'm putting my money on the line. If these people will back me up and I'm taking you down. And then the wrestler says, fine, let's do this. And he's like, but tonight we'll do it tonight. Come back tonight, pay your 25 cents or 50 cents and get in here. And this guy, we'll see if this guy's got what it takes whole time. That guy also got paid half the gate to yep. do that. <laughs> it's like, but then all those people are going to pay to come back in and see it happen sure and, and between that first show and the night show you know they're telling all their friends yeah like, hey you know so and so da, 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 da. he's gonna fight the guy tonight and like that one person brings three friends and then yeah yeah so anyway that's the so all, all that to say too most of the people i meet nowadays in wrestling they actually a lot of the guys don't like the term marks because they feel like they're being disparaging to the fans. But then funnily enough, a lot of the fans like calling themselves marks now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a weird dichotomy. And I'm sorry that I lost half your Star Trek audience. Um, <laughs> uh, look, you know, I, I had somebody recently come up to me and said, hey, hey I, uh, I, started, I, I started listening to your show. I said, oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. He goes, uh, yeah, it's only a little bit about Star Trek, isn't it? <laughs> like, um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like we talk about Star Trek for sure, but like it devolves pretty quickly into just whatever's going on and whoever the guest is, we're talking about their thing. I like Star Trek too. By the way, I'm a mark for Star Trek. And we, so we bring it all back. We bring it all back to Trek. Absolutely. Before we go any further, uh, the reason I had you on is for this episode, episodes rather. And uh, before we go much further, let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Will the captain lose one of his own? They're sending a ship to take you back to Vulcan. The last two episodes before the explosive season finale. Enterprise. While visiting an alien mining colony, a space bus accidentally ignites the atmosphere, instantly killing the 3,600 colonists on the surface. <laughs> Despite Reed's precautions, Archer personally puts full blame on himself for all the deaths. He doesn't argue with Admiral Forrest when Enterprise's mission is officially canceled and the ship is ordered to return home with no hope of getting picked up by Netflix. 
Later, Archer is suddenly transported 10 months in the past where he encounters Daniels, who warn him that the Suliban are trying to sabotage Enterprise's mission. He wants to help Archer discover the truth because events must go on to preserve the timeline. Using info from Daniels, Reed finds a cloaked Suliban device on the hull of the space bus, and Archer directs Trip to build a thingy. Enterprise then goes to an asteroid field where a Suliban ship is hiding. They use the thingy to see it, cripple it, board it, and steal the computer chips with proof of the Suliban's plan. Enterprise can now prove that the explosion wasn't their fault. T'Pol is still skeptical about time travel, as Vulcan scientists say it's not possible. <laughs> Enterprise soon detects 20 to 30 Suliban ships hot on their tail. The ships decloak, and Silic orders Archer to surrender. Archer puts T'Pol in command, but he never makes it to the Suliban ship, as he is time-transported again, this time to... The future! Daniels appears behind him, telling him that bringing him to the future to protect him caused this dramatic change in the timeline. Archer asks to be sent back to repair the damage, but since all the time travel equipment is gone, they are both trapped. Smooth move, Ferguson. An enemy from the past closes in. They have a surrounded. And the crew is at their mercy. No! With Archer gone, Paul chooses to surrender the ship to the Suliban to let them verify his disappearance. They don't find Archer, but they do find their data disks and detect a temporal signature in the turbo lift. Meanwhile, in the 31st century, Daniels realizes that there is no available technology to send Archer back, and because of this, the timeline has been disrupted. Archer gives Daniels his communicator and scanner, allowing Daniels to make a device able to contact Enterprise. How convenient. Silic interrogates T'Pol to learn where Archer is gone, but she doesn't know. When T'Pol is returned to her quarters, Archer contacts her and gives her instructions on how to bring him back. Meanwhile, Trip is able to set up a communication link between the senior staff, and they plan an escape. They knock out two Suliban, and Reed goes to Daniel's quarters to retrieve a futuristic device they locked away in Season 1, Episode 11, but he gets caught. During his interrogation, he tells Silic that Archer gave him orders to destroy the device to prevent him from using it to get in touch with the Suliban's contact from... The future! Silic then tries to contact his master but he only succeeds in bringing Archer back because Daniels and Archer managed to set up their own thingy. Meanwhile, on Enterprise, a faked warp core breach is initiated, forcing the Suliban to evacuate the ship. As soon as they are freed, Enterprise goes to warp, pursued by the Suliban. It's like, come on guys, make up your mind. Archer destroys Daniel's device and having taken Silic hostage, secures their escape. The reunited crew finally present their proof to Starfleet Command and the Vulcans. Saval still recommends cancellation of the show, but Archer promises that humanity and the writer's room will learn from their mistakes. Yeah, right. T'Pol supports him, adding that the Vulcans should learn from their mistakes as well. Saval exits, and it's decided that Enterprise is greenlit for season two. So like I said, Gary, I had you on these episodes for a very specific reason, and that's because you hate time travel. <laughs> I was going to say it because you wanted to break my brain. <laughs> <laughs> And that's exactly what happened immediately. Oh, really? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, how many times did you curse my name while watching these two? Oh, God, uh, a pretty good bit. Like, especially like as we got towards the end of the first episode and even, I guess, going into the second episode, I was just like, like, I, I, I was OK with Daniels before this. But then every question Archer had, I was kind of like, OK, OK, these are legit questions. And Daniels just kind of like. Oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about the right questions, though. And I'm like, no, those are the right questions. Like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> like, how could he? Uh, how? 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 But, yeah, for sure. I mean, as time has gone on, I've read a lot of theories about how time is not, you know, we just view time as a straight line because we perceive that's the way that our brains can handle perceiving it. But like, right. there's the idea that maybe it's all happening at the same time. Like it's, this is all occurring. Right. And, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, <laughs> like your whole life is happening now. Like you just, you, I don't know. I see. I can't even talk about it. Cause I don't well, to go a little bit further on that point. If you think about what you experience in a dream and how that length of time is really only a small fraction of what is actually occurring because it's the it's the firing of the neurons in your brain so what that that whole length of time is like a little electronic blip in your brain but it, you could be there for a day hours however long but in reality it's only a little 
tiny electro uh, thing between the synapses in your brain. So you think about reality. It's like, is, is this just a synapse in some other being's brain? What's happening? Right. It's crazy. <laughs> what is, what is life? What is existence? <laughs> My problem is always with the linear thinking of time travel. Uh, sorry, are you ready to, 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 to talk about this? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always that. So if you think about movies or shows, and this one, that things are happening in a dimension that one thing happening affects the other mm -hmm. like it, it's, it's something happening in the past affects how the future ends up like the old story about like you know if you go back and kill hitler as a baby or something like that and of course so the weird part for me is always that i have trouble with is to jump ahead your show by about five years if you get to like the movies the newer movies, like 2009, I think was the year, but the first Abrams one, yeah, that never bothered me because it was like Spock traveled through the wormhole and went into an alternate dimension. So now everything that you're enjoying now through Star Trek or have enjoyed with all of them, it still is there mm -hmm. because anything he's doing in the past in that dimension is not affecting the dimension you know it's like it broke off a times like a, a branch broke off and this is a whole different universe oh, and yeah. so that works for me like i'm like okay that makes sense so then fine everything's still the same in normal star trek timeline you get the i think they called it the kelvin timeline yes so but it's like in this one what you do affects something else and so i guess what i'm saying is is that if Archer goes back, say, and meets with Daniels, or no, they're in the future, aren't they? Or wherever they are. I can't even remember now. But they're... <laughs> so but there was he first goes back 10 months, but then goes forward like to the 31st century. So it's... Right. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's wild. But, so, but if he goes into the time where the world's like a, a crap hole... I'm trying to watch my language because Starfleet never existed and Archer was never there and blah, blah, blah. Then I'm like, well, how is Archer there then? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, well, how is he there? That's the crazy part to me. It's like, and especially don't, you know, I, I get why Daniel's danced around it. Cause he's probably when Archer's like, well, what about the Archer from this time? Where is that Archer? And he's like, you're you're here and he's like well then the archer that's on the ship that hasn't happened yet and he's everybody immediately is just like what oh yeah <laughs> like, like it seems it seems like they have multiple and 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 this is why i feel like this these two episodes really kind of expand something that i've never seen another fictional narrative do with time travel they have two different types of time travel because Archer travels back 10 months into his own body, but then he travels forward and he, his, his consciousness and body go together. So it's like his consciousness is the only one that travels back, mm -hmm. but his consciousness and body travel forward. So I've never seen another franchise, another time travel centric franchise do that where there's basically two methods of time travel presented within the same narrative. And I thought that was really, really interesting in that. Uh, so to communicate, all they had to do was pull his consciousness. Well, how the hell did you do that? Like I can suspend disbelief in that you time transported him to the 31st century, but you got some explaining to do. Lucy. You got some explaining, you. In terms of how you pulled his consciousness back 10 months into his own body from 10 months ago. Like, Actually, so what happened just... to his consciousness in that body? Where did that go? Is it in a dream? Was, were two conscious? Were I don't know if you were trying to help me, but I feel like brain? you broke me even more with that because I didn't even <laughs> think about that part. I was just, I was focused in on like, well, if Starfleet never happened in the first place, that none of you guys are doing any of the crap you're doing. So <laughs> it's like, what? Well, how? How is this? How can this exist on the same timeline? And but yeah, you're right. They did do that. Like his consciousness went back. Apparently, based on the way they acted, <laughs> like that yeah. Archer was the Archer from the past, just his 
his consciousness was there. And oh. then, okay, well then what body did he land in in the future? He quantum, he did some quantum leap crap at like, yeah, well, he really <laughs> did in both cases, but yeah, like he, he landed. I mean, yeah, his, his whole being transported the next, they're screwy. That's they, I, thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> And just because, and again, this is why I had you on because I know you meticulously scrutinize time travel. I think you actually like time travel, but because you take it so seriously is why you're so hard on it. Because when it's not done correctly, it's nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And it's weird. Like so many things, like, I mean, we're just talking about professional wrestling in the same episode, you know, and you suspend disbelief and, and all of that. And so Justin on, on Cinema Shock, when we always talk about this, he's always like, why can't you just let it go? Like, why, why you... And, I, and, and you're right. I do. I, I'm interested in time travel. I'm interested, interested in consciousness, too. So you just added a whole other layer of this for me. Like, what is, you know, this is not the rabbit hole to go down, but like, what is consciousness and stuff like that? I even think about it with Star Trek, like when they uh, transport, you know, like the transporter, it's like you dematerialize yourself and you appear somewhere else. Are you really that same person? What about your consciousness? You can't break that down and move it, right? Apparently you can. It's uh, So call it consciousness, call it the soul or whatever. Like both those things are like, what is that? And anyway, again, not the rabbit hole to go down. So with time travel, I'm interested in the concept. It's intriguing to me. It's not that I hate it. It's just for some reason, it's one of those things that like in your world that you've created at least have some consistent rules to stand by with it. Like for some reason, like I say, with the Kelvin timeline, I'm like, you just eliminated me being able to have like half the questions I normally have because you're just like, what ain't the same anymore? And that Spock, the Spock we know and love disappeared at this point in time and nobody ever saw him again. And that's what happened to Spock. He disappeared into a wormhole and he died for all we know. But you, he branched off and went into a different timeline, and that's all different. But when you're when you're playing in the same sandbox, it's like you got to work really hard to be consistent. I don't know, like I, you very yeah, rarely right. find stuff that does it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I hope some of the other Trek fans out there uh, occasionally scratch the surface of YouTube because the, some of the videos that I've found deep diving on particular subjects of Trek have melted my brain. Just little 10, 15 minute video of like, well, I watched one today during my lunch break at the office and it was how big was Khan's empire, Khan Noonien Singh. In that they got into the third world war and first contact and different factions and the timeline, like, it all spreads out really quickly. So when you're talking about stuff like this, there's another video that I found. Someone tried to establish a proper timeline and they said by them going back, they've created a branch. So when they go back in time and have an adventure that creates a branch, well, then the crew usually returns quote unquote to their own time. Well, that timeline is different now. So the time that they are returning to is a branch of where they left from. So if you're trying to set up a timeline of Trek, good luck. <laughs> you're you're going to be you're going to be at it for a while. And I guess that's what I'm thinking too is like there there's two options. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I'm saying. Like they they want to pretend like oh, it still hurts my head, but <laughs> like in the future where you know he got, jumps to and there's like the the whole world's crap when he comes back the only way that it works technically would be that he is in an alternate timeline now. Right. And as love him as he might, as though they were his own, his crew are not the same, technically the same yeah. crew that exactly. he has been with yeah. up until this point. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, he just transported, but it's like, but then it's like, well, what, what did happen to that crew? And then it's like, did, I don't know did, because I agree with that. Like it should did it every should branch off. Right. Did every version of Hoshi lose their shirt? Like, is that well, I knew we'd have to get to that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, that was a 
one of my favorite Star Trek moments. But. I Listen, uh, folks who have been listening to the show heard me say last time you were here and we talked about Star Trek Nights. <laughs> Stick around if you're a fan of Hoshi. Here it is. <laughs> yep, that was... Uh... Now, it was, of course, played for comedic value, but I, I wonder, was this a seat? Because I think that actually happened in the second part, which is technically episode one of season two was that something to keep that demographic uh returning of like hey you guys have been watching this and you wanted to see some stuff well here you go like was that just a dumb you know male yeah i mean in star or... trek world it's always a dumb thing to like really i mean i don't know they did it with you know kirk was always getting around so sure it's, uh it's tough to say it it but I know like in the in the newer movies, like where there's the scene with the girls changing and Kurt turns around and stuff that got crapped on a pretty good bit, too. Like, yeah. they were like, oh, good. Let's be all sexual with this pretty lady now and stuff. But but they they did it in Enterprise here. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm not again, not complaining but so it, much well, as just analyzing, you know, we talked about I did the- that scene. Right. <laughs> well, right. we did that. Uh, we talked about the Kelvin timeline a little bit. You know, there's that scene where, you know, Kirk's making out with a woman in bed and we can't clearly see both of them are silhouetted and we can't really see what's going on. And it's played for comedic value. But then the lights turn on and we see, oh, she's from Orion. And I feel like that was actually kind of a cool way to it played for comedic value. But I feel like in looking at it, I feel like it was almost a little bit of a commentary of like, Kirk doesn't care if they're from earth or from anywhere else. And just kind of showing like the granted it's sexual in nature, but he doesn't care. He'll love anyone, (laughs) which I'm, I'm really trying to put, I'm working on my ability to spin here. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. He's able to look past other things. Whereas we might find that super weird, but it's a little bit of a commentary on like, it's a social commentary a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Kirk's, I mean, one thing you can't accuse him of is uh, being racist or species, 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 erotica, whatever. <laughs> like he's a, uh, he's just like, if it raises my, th- if it starts my thrusters, I'll, I'll go into warp. You know, like it's, it's uh, he's just, he's oh, there for it. <laughs> oh, folks, you may have just heard our first t-shirt slogan. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, is like, try as people might, I don't think you're going to be able to remove the sexuality out of everything, you know, maybe we become better as people and we uh, accept more and more and we get less rapey with our culture sometimes, you know, but I'll go, I'll go as far as to say it's human nature. Yeah, there you go. You I think said we, it like Kirk. Yeah, it's but I think <laughs> human nature, human nature. <laughs> Uh, but w- I think, you know, as we continue to grow and evolve and hope, hopefully we are all growing and evolving, especially in our minds and how we perceive things. And, you know, that's part of what I wanted to go back to with this element of time travel. We talked about what is consciousness. And I talked about the nature and the reality of dreams being an electrical blip in your brain. When you go to think of what is consciousness, what is your personality and what is your soul? Those things are essentially chemical and electrical in your body. Or, that's what are, it feels or like. are they? <laughs> like, is that something else? Well, yeah. Well, as, I mean, as that's we the... journey without, we should also be journeying within to figure out who we are. And once we figure out who we are, we'll have a better idea of who's next to us. And then once we're on the same page, then we can start reaching outwards. Yeah. It's always like with, with consciousness and the and the transporter, it was always just like, well, if you dematerialize somebody, you're effectively dead. Like you're you're dead, and they just had a computer like rebuild you. Get past all of the ideas of like, what does that mean? Because you've got like living organisms inside your body. So like it's not just breaking down you, it's breaking, it's gotta rebuild everything. And so yeah, it's a, that's that's already tough. So teleportation is like a, a weird concept to begin with. But yeah, then the fact that uh, as far as we could possibly understand right now, your whole consciousness or soul or whatever, you you know, if you're if you're trying to look at it scientifically and not even like religiously, it's like on one end at least it's the firing of a bunch of synapses and it's like uh, impulses and things happening in your brain that make you you could a computer like recreate that 
in the other person, you Ooh, know, that it <laughs> remakes on the other side uh, down on the planet, you know, right. when you move, that's hard to reconcile. But the same thing even with, so Archer's effectively transporting through time. And so it's like, like you said, it's even weirder that he goes to the future with his own body. Like that's a whole other thing because he he's transported himself into the future. So where is Archer? So he physically left. Well, we know, we know because they don't see him. They can't scan and find him like he's gone. Yep. So physically his whole person left, which is, I get it. Just uh, now, I'm getting sidetracked. Just thinking about how you even pointed out before. So physically, he did not leave the Enterprise. So who was there on the Enterprise? And what, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs> it all drives me crazy. And maybe there's a Star Trek fan out there that would love to sit me down. Maybe there's a me from an alternate timeline that understands time travel to a T. Totally get to it. come back. And, right. And would love to <laughs> sit me down and explain it in a, in a way that my dumb monkey brain will understand. <laughs> but it's just, it's all weird to me because if that future exists that Archer goes to, doesn't it already exist? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's there. You're physically there. The only way that that is not real is, no, it is real. The only way that you, that you don't experience that is you go back to a different timeline where you that's yeah. not what happens. Because if you're <laughs> thinking about it linearly, him leaving causes that in the future, but then he comes back. So that technically is the future. Yeah, so by like saying this is what happens, that. that means you never return. But if you do return, is that now gone? You know, yeah, there's there's some really uh, some really strange things. And honestly, the best people to probably explain this to you are the writers. Berman and Braga, who actually penned this episode. Uh, their last episode was season one, episode 25, Two Days and Two Nights. And this was directed by Alan Croker, whose last episode was season one, episode 18, Rogue Planet. Ah, ah, he said it. He said it. And then in the guest stars, we've got a couple of folks that we've seen a couple times here. We've got John Fleck again playing Silic, Matt Winston, the son of Stan Winston playing once again temporal agent daniels and then we've got vaughn armstrong as admiral forrest gary graham making an appearance here as admiral saval but a couple guys that i wanted to focus in on uh this did you week know, by the way sorry to cut you off did no, you know yeah. gary graham was did we talk about maybe we did i was just reading some stuff this time and i didn't know he went up for like cisco and janeway really yeah, he was he was like pretty close, and then they decided to go, you know, with Janeway being a woman and Cisco. They really wanted to like have like an African American captain. Uh, apparently, was part of the decision making process. But like Gary Graham was like up there in the running to be either one of those. That's cool. I mean, he's a he's a good actor. Him here as Saval, uh, I, you know, I really hope. I mean, the guy's still working. So I here's. I always like, look, if you've appeared in Star Trek already, my fingers are crossed that you make another appearance because I love the idea of casting legacy, if that makes sense. Like someone yeah. who's been, you know, you got your folks like Vaughn Armstrong. You've got your folks like Jeffrey Combs, who seemingly pop up in every other episode of Star Trek. But, it, you know, they're kind of staples. It's not really stunt casting when the person's an amazing actor and you've got these award-winning special effects teams to sort of put the mask on them uh, of these prosthetics so that they can embody this completely different character. You know, here we are at the end of season one, Vaughn Armstrong has played at least three or four different characters. And to be honest, if you weren't looking, you might not have noticed. He's a good actor. <laughs> And the people they hire, they aren't, they aren't bums. Like these, these folks are really, really good at what they do. So when you see their name pop up in the credits again, it's not, oh, here they go with casting somebody else that, you know, has, it's just, they're just going to be playing another version of themselves. No, they're playing an entirely different character. And I mean, Jeffrey Combs to a degree, because after a while he does have a very recognizable face, but like, he's clearly turning in a different performance and he's not phoning it in Vaughn Armstrong, same way. A lot of these actors, 
they've got chops they're nobody's phoning or tapping the communicator on their performance like they are right. they are swinging for the fences and more often than not knock it out of the park but the two folks i want to focus in on for this episode is a gentleman named james haran who plays he's credited as humanoid figure in part one i'm not really sure if i was able to tell who that was <laughs> but um haran uh, has also appeared in four of the Star Trek spinoff series. He was in two episodes of Next Gen, and he was in Voyager, and then he did uh, some time on DS9, and then he's got this role here on Enterprise. So, you know, he's he's got quite a few under his belt, so good on him. And then we've got Mr. Jim Fitzpatrick, and Jim Fitzpatrick is gentlemen i really ended up falling down a rabbit hole when researching uh for this episode jim fitzpatrick he plays commander williams in part two and i think we see him kind of in that last episode where admiral forrest and the vulcans are all sort of you know giving their final two cents and um jim fitzpatrick is a taller gentleman sort of olive skin short hair trying to describe if commander williams didn't stick out to you that's kind of what he looks like but Jim Fitzpatrick isn't just some regular actor. He's actually the president of Five Star Studios, which is uh, established in 1992, and Pack Atlantic Pictures, established in 2005. So he's been in the entertainment industry for a good long while. But further, he was a professional footballer. He actually played in the Canadian League in 81, and then he actually played for uh, the NFL. For a few years in the 80s, he played with the Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Colts, uh, both in 82. And he retired from football in 85 after playing three seasons with the Tampa Bay Bandits. That was in the USFL, which, of course, no longer exists. But I was on eBay trying to find if he had a football card because I was like, oh, that'd be a fun one to have as a Star Trek fan. Unfortunately, there are no football trading cards of Mr. Jim Fitzpatrick. However, you might be able to score one of his Enterprise autograph cards, which you can find on uh, eBay for anywhere from 10 to 25 bucks. It's a fun little thing to have if you're a football fan or Star Trek fan or both. Uh, so that was a fun little thing to find. Ain't it cool news? gave part one of Shockwave a rating of four out of five stars. And IGN gave part two three out of five stars and was positive about the unrealized potential of the show, but was critical of the ongoing attempt to distract from flaws with visual gags, such as Hoshi losing her shirt. Leo Walsh of Cinescape gave part one a grade of B and called the cliffhanger reasonably compelling, but warned the proof of a cliffhanger is in the execution of part two. Uh, Walsh gave part two a grade of B minus and says it wraps up the cliffhanger uh, in the least troublesome manner possible. While there is action and character development, it fails to address the epic questions brought up by part one, which Gary, you seem to <laughs> just be flooded with those time travel questions. And rightfully so there, there's some stuff that was brought up in this, as we continue to unfold the origami that is the temporal Cold War and time travel within this first franchise entry that is Star Trek Enterprise. Jammers reviews rated Shockwave Part 1 with four out of four stars and Part 2 with two out of four stars, kind of echoing what happened with uh, Leo Walsh of Cinescape. You know, the first part was great. Second part, not so much. In 2021, Baz Greenland of Digital Fix said Shockwave Part 1 was a strong ending to season one says it was a terrific cliffhanger and he felt part two was not as good here again following suit with his uh with jammer and uh cinescape uh should be thrilling but it lacks the tension and excitement of the season one finale and then daryl h miller of the la times calls the first season of the show a success but notes that it and this episode repeats an awful lot of the original show's formula which kind of should. <laughs> I mean, it is Star Trek, so it is going to be a bit formulaic, a bit episodic. But again, I've mentioned this throughout season one that because of the time that this show was made, it was kind of in between the episodic and serialized storytelling trends in television at the time. So because it fell in the middle, it wasn't all of one or the other. It was kind of a mishmash of both. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, just to jump in real quick, it is weird when you have a cliffhanger that's supposed to be as world changing as everything else, but then the season two uh, start, they wrap up that story in almost a way that you would wrap up a normal episode of the show. They're almost pretending like you didn't just watch a two hour version of the show. You just watch yeah. like a normal episode. So you, you want to feel like if there's one that warrants a two-parter that something big is changing. You know, the reason you held on for the cliffhanger to be resolved is because there's something super impactful by the time this episode wraps up. I, I think a lot of people are, that's what they're thinking is like, by the time it wraps up, it's just like, now we're back to status quo again and everything's fine. Yeah. It was just a, that was the thing we did. Yep. And, we got a little montage of Hoshi crawling through what should have been, I guess, the Jeffrey's tubes. Although I was like, oh, hey, this is probably where they get the idea for the Jeffrey's tubes. And then I was like, why do they call them Jeffrey's tubes? And then I was like, does Hoshi name her boobs Jeffrey's? Like, is that, <laughs> is that what, or do they call it. or do they call brassiers and shirts? Do they call them Jeffrey's? Like, is that because hers got left up there? Clearly. Oh, God. I just really want Hoshi to somehow, you know, if we're going to use time travel, I hope that Hoshi at some point time travels to Discovery so we can see more Hoshi. Yeah. Not like more Hoshi, like this episode, just more Hoshi in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, to be honest, I think I, I'm not sure if I discussed this with you or somebody else, but given to Paul's age, it would not be completely out of the realm of possibility for her to show up. I mean, she could have shown up in season one or two of discovery, obviously didn't, but it might be cool if she showed up in season one of strange new world. Yeah, that's true. She, she cool. definitely could That'd uh, be cool. Getting Jolene Blalock to show up for a star Trek. Anything nowadays seems damn near impossible. <laughs> she seems to like not be interested in acting at all. No. Just in general. Yeah, she seems to be. I you also, I guess, while we're we're, well, I'll I'll let you get through the next thing, and then I'll I'll say this. Well, it was just I got one last little little tidbit here, and that's that uh, Kathy Huddleston of SciFi.com gave part two a grade of B minus, and wrote, unfortunately. It is too often the case with cliffhangers, especially Star Trek cliffhangers. Uh, the setup is much better than the resolution. She also felt that the episode was rushed and the situation too easily solved, which is essentially what you just said, Gary. So yeah, uh, I was just you, as you read that, I was like, uh, you, you could go work for sci-fi.com or the, LA or I could have just held on a second and let <laughs> Kathy say it instead of me. Uh, I, I should have just held on a second but that's a <laughs> stupid man just jumping in there it just goes to show that you are on par with some of these really great reviewers great minds think alike yeah there you go <laughs> that's it man i think it's just like yeah they just they wrapped it up like this was our normal you know normal episodic show all right everybody's happy and yeah let's move on and keep exploring i mean there was don't get me wrong there are things that if they play them through can matter i mean clearly the vulcans are <laughs> heads and sorry i've been watching my language this whole time and i just couldn't hold it back for the vulcans it's hey, okay. you your first example of like to paul like uh actually pushing back on them which is interesting and so like that could be played up so hopefully we see more of that or like that is a theme or something that matters for her character wise so there's that side of it. There's, uh, you know, that they've been on shaky ground or like how the Federation shakes out. So there's like stuff to build off of here. So it's not, it's not all is lost. Like I didn't think it was horrible or anything. Yeah. I think we, we joke about, I mean, there's no shortage of memes about how terrible enterprise is, but honestly, I feel like this is look at season one of many shows when they get started you get a lot of episodic type stuff like this. And then once you get into some of those elements that are, you know, the seed gets planted in season one and it's given time to sort of mature and grow, you get these bigger plot lines. That's happened with Supernatural, X-Files, Smallville. The list goes on and on. The Arrowverse, you know, <laughs> the Marvel Universe, all this stuff. They all start with like a fairly simple concept and the execution comes off pretty episodic and a little dull at times. But wait till season two, wait till season three. By the time you hit season four, if you're a fan early on, 
they kind of reward you with sticking with it, you know, and this is geared for Star Trek fans. So when they get into this stuff, it's kind of, hey, this might seem a little dull right off the bat, but hang on, we've got some really good stuff in mind for you. And I think people are going to be, if you've never watched Enterprise before and you happen to be following along with our show and watching Enterprise like Gary is for maybe the first time, stick around. There's some good stuff to come. Yeah, I believe that. It's been a long road, but uh, it's been a long road. But uh, a lot of the crew was starting to grow on me. I will say that I was a fan of T'Pol more before these episodes. She felt like she was asleep half these episodes like she felt really out of it for some reason yeah clearly different writers handle the characters differently i kind of dug that she got to (laughs) this is going to sound weird but hang on i kind of dug that she actually we actually got to see her be tortured and then the aftermath of that in her performance i mean as she's playing a vulcan she does a great job of playing a vulcan but unfortunately that doesn't offer her as an actor a lot of range so her going through some of this stuff and being super out of it and in her you know really dazed in her room and then seeing archer's face kind of slowly appear in in the middle of nowhere in her room yeah she's kind of messed up and then when she sees that she's like what is what's going on? <laughs> so I kind of got to see, you know, I enjoyed seeing that range a little bit. Her getting to play with some more extreme situations for T'Pol to be in, allowing her to, uh, you know, you know, stretch her acting legs, as it were. And well, as we know, uh, like Vulcans really aren't emotionless necessarily. Exactly. Like, you know, they're just repressing all of that stuff because it's right. beneficial, but. Most of the time, once they're hanging around with uh, super emotional humans all the time, then yep. it starts to break down a little bit, at least. <laughs> and so, but I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I'm super into Hoshi, but I like Archer. I think he's a fine captain. And uh, there's guy, I mean, even trips like growing on me a little bit. You know, I'm starting to care about the characters, like what happens with them and stuff. So I'm, I'm willing to hang on. Like it's a, uh, it's coming around for me. And so I do like that about them. They've, They've taken a season, but I'm like, I want to know what happens. I'm happy about it. I got hung up on when you told me about this Jim Fitzpatrick guy, Todd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I started reading about it a little bit as we were talking. I was just like scrolling through his IMDb trivia. Did you know that he got his start because Burt Reynolds was one of the owners of the Tampa Bay Bandits? Really? And so, yeah. So Burt helped get him into Hollywood. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> And he, uh, my favorite story that I saw of him is he was filming a series pilot and he was over in South Africa and he, for whatever reason, uh, happened to be, uh, at a teenage Miss South Africa contest. And, uh, he saw one of the finalists that he was like, this girl is fantastic and talked to her mother and her and was like, you've got to bring her to Hollywood. And that girl was Charlie Starin. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. Oh man, so, that's awesome. What, yeah, a, so, what a fun little chunk of trivia there. Yeah. Apparently, he also met Cameron Diaz somewhere and also hooked her up with his agent, and that's how she got her start. So he's wow. good at finding these ladies, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Trust it to an ex NFL player to have right. an eye for ladies. <laughs> no no that's really cool that's really cool yeah i i really wish i dove a little bit deeper into uh his two companies but i you know i i don't think this is the last time we see mr fitzpatrick so maybe next time we'll talk a little bit more about five star studios and pack atlantic pictures and we'll see you know what other nuggets he's got in his history uh that uh, folks might find fascinating well next week there will be nothing what yeah because this is the is end this of season a time one. travel thing oh it's a, uh, <laughs> no no a- this is the end of season one of the computer resume podcast everybody congratulations congratulations todd you made a whole season i did i made a whole season <laughs> but yeah this is it and uh not to sort of pump myself up a little bit here but i just want to take a quick second to thank 
everyone who's listened, who's downloaded, who's shared anything, memes, uh, if you've shared a meme with us or to us, <laughs> thank you so much to everybody who's come on the show, including Gary, my wife, Kat, you know, JP, Justin, Miles, and I know I'm going to forget people. Oh, let's just pull up the list. <laughs> who, uh, who else has it been on? Ren Sims. We've had, we've had a lot of good folks come on the show. Mr. Adam Schulte, Queen Momo. This has been so much fun for me. I hope all the guests had a good time. Uh, mo- many of them have claimed to have had a good time, which is why they came back. For everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. I know I say it every episode, but thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, I promise with uh, season two, and I've already got some stuff in the works, we're going to have some really big things coming up that are going to be a lot of fun and a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, maybe even some sort of Star Trek based game that I'll play with a group of past guests. So we'll see what we can make happen there. But we will be back. I am going to take a little bit of a break and we will be back on August 16th, 2021 with my good friend and fellow podcaster, Mr. Justin Bishop. And we'll be covering Enterprise Season 2, Episodes 2 and 3. That's Carbon Creek and Minefield. Uh, Those are some really good ones. Carbon Creek is a fun little, we talk about time travel. This isn't really time travel, but we get sort of a look at an alternate first contact. So I can't really, I don't want to say too much else. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, Minefield, the second episode that we're going to be covering is the episode that made me want Travis Mayweather as my helmsman. His role in that episode is almost kind of downplayed, but man, it just made me love Travis as a character. So Really, check out Carbon Creek and Minefield. Both of those episodes are available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount+. Plus. Gary, where can people find your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me at This Is Gary Horn on all the social medias. Uh, also part of the Cinema Shock podcast with Todd here. And uh, you can also follow my wrestling stuff if you aren't sick of it already. It's at TIPW Show on all the social medias as well. And uh, you can always hear me talk about the NWA. It's at NWA, not the rap group. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10 Forward. subspace transmissions to computer resume podcast at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter and instagram the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop our outro music was provided with permission by drone node additional music was provided by mr todd a davis and gary horn and i'm cat davis at that dot darn dot cat with a k on Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a Slice of Fried Gold?